What's up, Bravehearts community? This is Sean Heineman, your premier pre-engagement coach. And this is another segment of It's Scary to Remarry, wanting you to love fearlessly. I have a special guest with me today, Ariana Holt. How are you doing? Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. It's been a busy morning, but you know, it's all good. This is what we do, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Thanks again for taking some time uh, to be a guest on today's segment because there's so much that I want to discuss with you today. We're going to talk about dating and relationships and all that other good stuff. Um, for the Brave Hearts community out there, for those who might not know who you are, give us a little bit uh, background of who you are and what you do. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Ariana, as you stated. Um, I'm originally from Seattle, Washington. I'll be turning the big 25 this year. So all my quarter century folks, welcome. Um, And I've been dating for the past five or six years. I'm in Austin now. uh, And I work at a business consulting firm handling public equities and mostly cryptocurrency stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, let's jump in today's segment I'm so excited about because I heard you on Keys to the Streets, right? Heard you on there and you talked about going on 200 first dates or more or something like that number. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my wife and I were listening and I heard you and I was just like, I have to bring her on the podcast. The Brave Hearts community have to hear from Ariana. So what were those experiences like? What were some of the good ones? What were some of the bad ones? You know, yeah, as you said, about 200 first dates um, and maybe max like 10 second dates. So that kind of gives perspective on how the majority of those dates went. Mm. I've had everything from somebody admitting to being an active crack user on a date. Um, I've had guys who I wasn't even on a date with, you know, get beat up by their girlfriends in the middle of downtown New Orleans. I've, I I mean, I feel like I've had every dating horror story in the book. Um, I'm still single. So (laughs) I don't, I don't know what that says about them or what that says about me, but it's been a journey. (laughs) yeah for sure I only can imagine you know I've been out the game for I mean I've been through a divorce and stuff like that and uh, I won't say I really got a chance to date too much because I remarried and met my wife on Instagram we ended up marrying six months later okay so I ended up kind of like missing the whole uh, really like dating experience experience so that's why I thought your story was really really good um, and what you're going through as far as dating what advice would you give to single women dating today? I think the advice that I would give to single women would probably be to stay close to your standard, you know, come up with a list of things that you feel are non-negotiable and stick to that. Literally lead with that and don't date or entertain anybody who you don't think can you know, offer you the relationship that you feel that you deserve. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Stick to your standards. Because I heard the other day, uh, I was watching one of my old pastors from back in the day when I was uh, in Cleveland. And he was talking about, should ladies uh, 
lower their standards because of the lack of, and I'm just kind of throwing up air quotes, kind of lack of good black men or, you know, we got the incarceration rate high and then, you know, we have, uh, you know, same sex relationships. So uh, that kind of shrinks the dating pool a little bit. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like, and I, and I don't want my sisters to lose hope, you know, but I was just thinking, I was like, dang, that's, that's quite interesting. And then when it comes to uh, standards and, you know, what you're desiring, what you're looking for, like, what, what is your take on that? You know, I think every person, whether male or female, has a set of standards of what they expect out of a partner in a relationship. And those who have an understanding of themselves know how they behave in relationships and truly what they can bring to, you know, another person's life. Right. And so when I say develop your standards, I'm not talking about the frivolous, you know, you know, he needs to make you know, $250,000 a year and I just turned 20 and he needs to have, you know, a Maybach. I'm not talking about. Yeah. Frivolous stuff. I'm talking about the stuff in life partner, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, I know it's fun. I know we always get in these discussions, these battle of the sexes of like, who's asking for too much, but who's not enough. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, right, it just boils down to, matching with someone who has the same goals and philosophy about life that you do and deciding to team up and go about it together because two is always you know better than one mm-hmm. I would say that my standards and what I would recommend for other people is to start with where you are and have you be your bare minimum mm. that's good that that should be everybody's bare minimum in every category of your life, wherever you are on the success level, that is your absolute bare minimum. And if you're not happy with what that means, then you have to do a little bit more work, right? But if you're happy, not in a sense that you're complacent, but you feel like you're at a good place, although you're working towards more, then why wouldn't you be your bare minimum, right? Like why wouldn't you at the very end of the day be happy with somebody like you if you're happy and know who you are? Yeah, you can ask for more. I'm I'm always a big proponent of asking for too much and having a little bit left over, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I, I would just start with yourself as a bare minimum if you don't know where to start. Yeah, I like that. That's good because sometimes, um, you know, some people, they might ask, and I'm glad you talk about, you know, the $200,000 a year and, you know, and then considering age, I think that plays a big part too um, because for some men, they really don't get, really into their career career maybe into their 30s you know depending uh you know give or take Um, Mm -hmm. especially if you're just fresh coming out of college your college graduate you know so those things uh because I know there's a there's a big age gap between you and I right because I'm I'm 45 so Mm -hmm. I might see things different totally different than the way you see it you know in, in your age group so uh I'm glad you pointed that out that was that was good for sure Let's talk a little personal. Uh, does Ariana desire marriage? And if so, what does what qualities in a man are you looking for? Because somebody might watch this. Somebody might be listening. I, you're right. He might be out there just like I needed her location. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely do see marriage in my future. Um, I would say that my views on marriage may not be the most traditional. Mm-hmm. 
but I still do desire to be married. I would say the qualities I'm looking for as of right now would be someone who is um, kind of like calm, cool, and collected, right? Someone who can maintain composure um, in situations of adversity or panic because I can be a little bit anxious sometimes and like, oh, the, the boat is rocking. Why is it rocking? Somebody needs to be doing something. So if, if, if my partner can be that, that calm person in a storm, that means so much. And I think the other big thing would probably just be humor and patience. I want my partner to be super, super strong in the areas that even after all this therapy and introspection, I just, it, it may not be my ministry, you know, uh, patience is not my ministry and I have been working on it for 25 years. Yeah. So I, I might need him to be a little patient with me. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll start there on top of the things that I feel like I'm the bare minimum for. So, you know, I live alone. I own my car. Um, you know, I'm, I'm self-sufficient. I don't have any kids. Um, I'm pretty cute. I'm, I'm funny. You know, I like to go out and do things. So yeah, yeah my bare minimum plus patient, supportive, common understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, patience. Yeah, that's a that's a, a very interesting one because I'm still working on my patience. See, it's it's not. I feel like some people just have, and they can just you know sit there and go with the flow. Mm-mm. <laughs> well, let me let me be let me be a little transparent too. I will say that uh, going through a divorce for me has helped me with patience. Mm, okay. Um, because what I've learned from my first marriage is uh transparent moment is trying to change somebody. Right. You know, and I, I know that was a big struggle of mine because to try to change somebody means that my life can be easier because I want you to do what I want you to do. Right. You realize like the source of that is like ego and manipulation. And mm-hmm. and that's kind of why circling back, I said, I don't want the traditional, you know, dynamic for marriage. I know that a lot of people who are religious or just have a more traditional view, you know, see the man as the leader and the head of the household and the woman, you know, his loyal and submissive follower mm-hmm. um, or, you know, the politics regarding that. And that's just not what I'm looking for. I feel like I would really be able to achieve the the lifestyle that I want to live in an equitable partnership, right? Because I don't want my partner to think that if something happens to him, he can't take time off of work or whatever the case may be for his mental health or, you know, and I can't do it. It's not to say that I'm trying to be 50-50 on everything, but I do want it to be acknowledged that that's an asset to have in our partnership, that both parties can be super successful on both ends is better than wealth on just one, right? I don't want to have that financially codependent relationship. I want it to be just a, a, you know, a compliment, you know, I want to be I feel as though I am a whole person and I'm looking for another whole person to make two whole people. Mm -hmm. And there's other things other than, you know, being a leader that, that are important to me. So I, I have recently said that I'm okay with 
dating with the understanding that, hey, this person that I'm looking for is the person I want to be my husband, that I want to have kids with, and that I want to raise a family with. But it may not be the same person that I want to be with when I'm 60 or after I'm through that stage in my life, right? Mm-hmm. And when you talked about the limited dating pool, it's like, yeah, the dating pool is super limited, super polluted, and <laughs> nobody's being honest, right? So with that being said, as a Black woman looking for the things I'm looking for, it's a lot more reasonable, I feel like, for me to date with, okay, who's husband material, who's dad material? Mm-hmm. I don't want to add the additional layer of who do I have to die next to? Because that cuts out like another 70% of the last three dudes left. So I'm like, no, let me just focus on the next 25 years yeah. and we'll reevaluate after that because you may not like me. I may not like you. I may not best serve you. And that's okay. I want to be upfront about that with my partner and go into a marriage, not ready to be divorced, but accepting that the way our partnership works is to our mutual benefit. And if we don't have that anymore, then it's okay for us to do other things, even if we have kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like freedom, right? It it sounds like, you know, you could still live your life, a a healthy and productive life. Um, And and you said something too, that that stuck out to me. You talked about therapy because I kind of want to go back a little bit. So have you been through therapy? Yes, I have been through therapy. I'm in therapy now. Mm-hmm. My therapist, you know, it's crazy. We pay people to like kind of like read us and hurt our feelings a little bit, but she's good. She's really, really good. Like off the bat, first session, like, okay, once I finish crying, I'll pay you your little 250, but okay. And I, and I think it's just so, so worth it. In the last year, even I would say, I've grown tremendously just by seeking to better understand myself. And one of the things I practice in therapy is looking at what my belief systems are and what the root is of those. And if that belief system doesn't benefit me, I don't have to believe in it. I don't have to follow it. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and being accepting and okay with that brings me even that much more closer to realizing like the person that I truly, truly want to be. Right. And I think that's a constantly changing thing. So if you think that you can just go to therapy once and you're good, it's not like a cure, right? right? It's an activity. It's an exercise, just like going to the gym or eating healthy that I feel like requires you to be accountable to yourself, to be honest with yourself. Cause why waste the money if you're not going to be honest True. and develop? I think if you've gone through therapy for at least a year and you're the same person you were when you got started, You might have to point finger back at you, honey, because it can't be everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what kind of started me taking it a little bit more seriously, too, because you you realize you may hear one thing about yourself and you're like, mm, I don't really accept that. Let it fly. It doesn't yeah. apply to me. And then maybe you hear something, you know, a couple more times from a couple people you really care about. And you're like, mm, OK, there they might be on to something a little bit. So even then you have a choice. Mm-hmm. Do you want to change in order to maintain or gain new relationships? Or do you want to stay where you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people should change because if you have more information, you should want to make better decisions, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Totally agree. Uh, I, I wish 
I was in therapy at 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, big shout out to you for being in therapy and taking your mental health serious. Um, that's, it's a beautiful thing, you know. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, we have, my wife and I, we have our marriage therapist, and then we have our individual therapist. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I recommend it for everybody, especially black men, especially black men. Like I, I think black men across the board, married, unmarried, mm-hmm. single, gay, straight, it doesn't matter, could benefit mm-hmm. so greatly, especially if they could find a black male therapist to speak to, because we all know that you can hear the truth from everybody and still not believe it until you hear it from a certain person. Men and women can both be like that, but I do feel like Black men have especially, you know, hard <laughs> noggins. Um, and I just, I, I think it would be beautiful. I can only imagine how the dating pool would grow if they would just get into mm. a little bit of therapy, please. Yeah. <laughs> Future is not therapy. Drake is not therapy. You need a licensed professional, please. Yeah. Can you say that again for the people in the back? <laughs> Future <laughs> is not a psychiatrist. Okay, please. You are, and if he was, you are not in his tax bracket. Okay. Say that. You consult with him, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad. <laughs> Keep it on the playground. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I. You know. I like Drake. I like Future. But I'm glad you said that because. Because who are they successfully married to? Hmm. <laughs> Um, you could counsel them on child support arrangements. This this video is going to be so <laughs> interesting. I'm gonna love this video because you gotta you gotta be here for the facial expressions because it says yeah, it all. You know, I just well, that's a whole different story. But but you got the you, you can keep it 100. Go ahead and say what you need to say. You know, it's just dating is is tough I feel like I'm you have to be at like the perfect place at the perfect time right Mm -hmm. and you would think that with technology it it makes it easier right because it's easier than ever to connect with people yes but it also makes you hyper aware of the competition right and I think Mm -hmm. anyone who says that they don't participate in you know social media or trying to make themselves look better or any of those things in order to compete in the new dating market. I I think that they're being a little bit disingenuous about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I I talked to people who are older than me, especially my parents about this all the time. And it's like, mom, you had to compete with people on your block in your city, maybe even at your school. Right. I'm competing with shorties in Ukraine. (laughs) We're the same dude. And, and you know what I'm saying? And they're giving us the same amount of attention and effort, right? And it's like, well, dang, maybe I do need to go ahead and get the BBL. Let me go ahead. You know, I, I, I understand it so thoroughly because it has completely commodified like dating. It's, it's not even what people call dating now is not what a lot of people consider dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it, I think we spend a lot of time making sure on such a basic level that we're even talking about the same thing. 
And that's probably why I've been on so many first dates is because you talk to him for a couple of weeks before going on the date, you go on the date, you either have the chemistry or you don't, Mm. or then, you know, they forgot the lie they told you two weeks ago (laughs) and told you the truth this time. And now you're like, well, wait, my documents, it's, it's not adding up. So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you do want to participate in the online dating world, you got to compete in it. Mm, wow. That's very, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, because um, people are like a swipe away, right? You know, you just just like that. Swipe um, away, a block away. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously people say things online they wouldn't say in person. People, you know, market themselves online in a way that they don't do in person mm. which is crazy because why would you think that someone wouldn't find out the truth i mean that happens to me so frequently especially with dating guys who lie about their kids mm. and that that blows me because you i know you didn't forget them <laughs> you know you didn't forget them you got the pictures of them you know on the average you know father's day christmas yeah yeah. My favorite lie is the dudes who are like, that's not my child. We, that's my niece. So you're like, your niece just calls you dad and looks just <laughs> like you and just has the same like last name and then also lives with you. Yeah. He, he and she just on. so happens to be your ex-wife's child. Okay. He, he, yeah. He filed her on his taxes last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Gotta do God. background checks. Gotta do background checks. Yeah, and I don't want to talk about that too because uh, that is oh, that's very interesting. Because you figure with the dating scene, like you said, you you're you're in competition with the world. Um, so do you think it's beneficial? And and, and tell me what you think. Do you think it's beneficial to maybe date multiple people, or maybe kind of just focus on one person at a time? Because I think, and it's just tell me what you think. Because for me. I'm the type of person I can't date a bunch of people at one time. I I just can't. It's too. I, I I've been married to my wife almost five years now, and I'm still trying to know her. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine trying to date three or four women and try to juggle them and and you know remembering her birthday and and her son name and you know. So so what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that like I said, there's a lot of disagreement on what people call dating. First of all, okay. right. For some people, they, like you said, can't juggle that many interactions Mm -hmm. on a regular basis if they're really trying to seek a deep connection, Mm -hmm. right? I think other people can do it. I don't think you can successfully do it with more than like five people, four people. Mm -hmm. But the reason I say that is because obviously different people have different schedules. And, you know, for example, something I know that I've done before, I may have been talking to a guy for like six hours on one phone call one weekend. Right. And we don't get a chance to follow up or schedule our first date until like two weeks later. Mm-hmm. Right. But then at the same time, I could be talking to another guy here and there throughout the week. We have our date a little bit earlier on. So like, yeah, there's, you know, a week where I'm talking to two people, mm-hmm. but then I would have probably went on a date earlier with one, either decided mm, I want to pursue this or I don't. And, and done like that. Yeah. I think it's strange when you start sleeping with people and what their thoughts are about that. Um, but in my book, you meet somebody, you're dating them when you are going out in public with them and spending time with them. Right. Mm -hmm. 
but there's 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 casual dating which i would call that casual dating and then there is exclusive dating right which in my experience i was dating a guy we were casual we weren't sleeping together but as we continue to date each other, talk to each other, spend time with each other. I asked if you would be willing to be exclusive, mm-hmm. meaning we're not in a relationship yet. We're still dating. We're still getting to know each other. We're just not entertaining other people while doing that. So that is the difference. Casual dating versus exclusive dating. And then, you know, after that, you can decide whether you want to enter in an exclusive relationship or that to look like, right? But that's that's kind of the the train I follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, you still have to have those conversations because obviously some people don't use the same terminology to them. Dating is everything I do with a person who's not my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it looks different for different people and you have to get that clarity. Yeah. You have to get that. Yeah. Hmm. And, and you talked now. You talked about the 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 sleeping around thing. Now, mm-hmm. is is that more common than you think? Because when people say dating, I think you need to get clarity on that too. Yeah, I don't consider having casual sex with someone dating. Okay, mm-hmm. you're not getting to know them. You are sleeping with them. You're just <laughs> yeah. like you're literally just touching each other. Mm-hmm didn't spend no money except I would say on the condoms, but ain't nobody doing that no more. So, yeah, you know, it's just plan B and vibes. Um, (laughs) But parenting is through the roof. It's it's double. Child. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, if you need to, if you need to talk about, let's talk about it because I'm, I'm really intrigued by this conversation. It's just, it's just, did you know how easy it is to not be pregnant? Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like so easy to just not be pregnant. So many resources, so many things available. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, 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 I'm, I don't get it. I can't, I can't even understand it because I'm not in that situation. Gotcha. Um, I don't do things that would lead me to get pregnant. Cause I don't want to be pregnant. Mm-hmm. I want to be married. Yeah. Um, and so if you want to casually hook up with people, I don't care. I'm not right. saying you have to be in a relationship to have sex with somebody. Get your rocks off, be you. Mm-hmm. Be smart about it. Yeah. Be smart right. about it. Pregnancy is not the worst thing that can happen. Right. Um, you could catch something and be pregnant. Damn. Yeah. Now you're really in a pickle. Yeah. Um, so it's just... <laughs> If my the population of people that I could date would open so greatly if I was open to dating men with kids. Mm. I know that there are great men out there who are single fathers. I know there are yeah. great men out there who are co-parents. That's just not what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Right. But I also feel like, you know, people with kids should date people with kids. And the only reason I say that is because of my own competitive advantage. Y'all are taking everybody up. Please spare us one or two that don't have kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm begging, please, actually. <laughs> um, so it's just like, it's yeah. tough. I always define exactly what I'm talking about, exactly what I'm looking for, not in a very brutal way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of women tell men, like, there's women out here who are up for casual sex, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still, you don't want to just be so abrasive and be like, 
what's up, ho? Like, what that mouth do? Like, relax. Yeah. Just talk to them. Like, (laughs) I want to ask you, I want to ask you something about this because, and like I said, I've been out the game for a while and I'm a little older, so I'm trying to get the fullness of this and, 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 and especially with what I do. Um, when people, because I see this online, do mm-hmm. when people say, uh, in, in particular with women, when they say that, um, if you just want to sleep around, if you just want to sleep with me, just say it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of guys, and, and I tell people this a lot of times, that guys that as kids coming out the womb, we are trained to to be nice, be respectful, be you know, and you should be to women because you start with mom, right? You start with mom. You go to school. Uh, most teachers are women, um, so you're, you're you're trained to be thoughtful, or for the most part, not all men. So when you when when say women come out the gate and say if if that's what you want to do, then just ask. Now that's not saying that he's going to automatically get it, but a lot of guys are very very apprehensive about just saying that's what they want out the gate, even though that's my that's what they might want. I disagree because okay. I'm on the other end of it. Okay. In the sense that men, I mean, men and women do weird stuff, but like men do some really weird stuff, you know, like unsolicited stuff. But dialing back to like what you said about men being socialized mm-hmm. to treat women a certain way. And not all. No, no. yeah, we, tr- yeah, we know not all. Not yeah. all of everybody does everything. Yeah. But I would say, more so when it comes to their romantic interactions with women, Mm. I feel like consent is not a huge part of those conversations. As a matter of fact, I know it's not Mm. Um, because they're teaching you to chase, right. And to Mm. control and manipulate and coerce and convince a woman to have sex with you or to do something for you. Right. Which is all rooted, no matter which way you spin it, in manipulation Mm. and patriarchy right Mm -hmm. because it's like coochie is like really easy to get it is very you can buy it you can get it for free you can get it in an hour you can get it in a year it's so much to choose from right why you don't want the ones that are available why you only want the ones that say no don't touch Mm. right why are men socialized to believe that the things that say do not touch are of higher value than the ones that are available to be touched it's not logical for a group of people who in large part believe that they are the more logical group. Mm -hmm. It's not adding up. It's not making sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that I feel like is where therapy comes in Mm -hmm. and really does some unlearning and and help with that so that they can have better and more genuine relationships. Right. Because if you're as a man, if all you're looking for is a physical relationship with somebody, it is not hard to find. It's not. This is very easy. Just like if you are a person who's looking for a job, it's not hard to find. But you go to the jobs where you are best fit for that. Mm. Just like you go to the women who are looking for exactly what you're looking for. And there's many and they're very open about it. But you can't stake the satisfaction you get from doing that in only turning the ones who said no the first time into yeses mm-hmm. that's that's what i have an issue with you know what i mean mm-hmm. she's not a hoe because she wants to have sex with you and you're not her boyfriend 
Mm-hmm. Why, why don't you want to, why don't you want to have sex with this girl that you're attracted to that wants to have sex with you? Cause she made it too easy. Why does it have to be hard? Why do you get more satisfaction from it being difficult? I thought you just wanted to get it off. Like it's just, it's not logical. It's not logical. So that's why it, it confuses me with those dynamics and I'm not interested in them. Yeah. Because although I do feel like they serve women, I know we talk about like, oh, you know, women try and be a man, but it doesn't really work for them. I know it's hard to believe with some girls just like the way it feels. Like I'm so sorry, y'all, to break break it down. But that's that's just not what I'm looking for. And so it irritates me when you meet a guy, you start talking to him. And that's really what he's looking for because like you wasted all that time and you probably could have caught off with three other people by now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah and right. now you're blocked, you know, and, and it's like, now you're blocked. Now you're the second most blocked person in the city because you refuse to take the yeses that are being given to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, and, and that even that dynamic, and that's that's very good. Because even in the transitioning into marriage, some guys have a tough time with boundaries because they, and and I tell guys this all the time. Look, there's going to be a time that you just can't get it in when you want to get it in. There's you know there's this time of the month that you should res- respect that. But there's a lot of guys that um, once they transition into marriage, they think that they just supposed to get it whenever they want to, because that's what they were used to when dating. So their transition is tough. They coming off off the, you know, relationship stuff going into marriage. And it's like, no, this is why to me, this is why you train yourself while you're single going and if you desire to marry you know, learn, learn how to have some respect for yourself, learn how to have some boundaries, uh, learn some self-control. If you can Seriously. get that, yeah, if you can get that while single, why not? Because, you know, why we got to move cities now? Because I can't go to the grocery store without seeing 14 of your exes. You know, no woman wants to experience that just like no man would. Oh, men would, they are shaking in their draws at the thought of being confronted with even two of their wives' past lovers. Like they don't want, it's, it's not something they're going for, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that if we're really going to be honest about relationship dynamics, we have to really understand the ecosystem that it all plays into, especially in the Black community, right? Like, I will say that even though as Black people in America, we do face systemic oppression, the patriarchy still benefits the men greatly right um and when I have these conversations on apps like clubhouse or on twitter right I'm most often met with the feedback well no because you know women can trap a man with a baby and you know all of all of those things right but when I think about that in the in the things that are their go-tos during that argument it's what a woman can do with their child and what a woman can do after marriage right? Mm -hmm. Both of which require a man's participation in consent, right? Right. So when you strip strip us of the title of wife or mother, what systems do you feel like women naturally have that so greatly oppress men across the board, or especially Black men? Mm 
And they may see things like, you know, the Me Too movement, right? Yeah. yeah. But if you're like, it's kind of like a hit dog won't holler type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't sexually harass people, then you literally have nothing to worry about. If your friends sexually harass people or are sexually violent, there's an issue. Women hold our people accountable for that right? I can say confidently, none of my friends have ever sexually assaulted a man. Mm-hmm. I don't know about all the men who can say that about their friends confidently, that there isn't a girl out there who would say, no, he, he kind of took it too far with me. Mm-hmm. And that's like a super big issue, right? Mm-hmm. So I just think that in these interpersonal relationships, that's why I'm striving for more of a partner because. I don't want my kids to inherit what's traditional just Mm -hmm. because it's traditional. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I truly want my sons to have respect for women outside of the fact that they're related to them or they want to sleep with them Mm -hmm. because women have more value than that. Totally agree. Similarly, I don't want to raise my daughters to believe that a man is an ATM Mm -hmm. or that you should be looking for a man who makes the most money like no I don't I don't want that to be the case so that's that I feel like is a huge issue that is a part of our community and I think it's uncomfortable to talk about Mm. I, I can understand why men feel attacked and stuff like that except they're just not the people in danger like here yeah, I no, I totally agree. And I and I respect that because this is, I think this is something that needs to be addressed, right? I think this needs to be shouted from the rooftops, if you will. Uh, because there's so many women that deal with this. Um, and, and, and so many stories go untold, you know, and and again, if if I'm mentoring men, if I'm talking to men, I'm talking to them about respect i'm talking to them about morals and values like these kind of things that really can help hold you to a degree and i think for the most part men are missing accountability partners and uh other men men of standard um i'm the only reason why i'm the man i won't say the only reason but one of the reasons i'm the man i am today is because of mentors Mm-hmm. because I had older men who called me out on my stuff when I got out of line. Yeah. You know, so I think that's something that we miss. And I think we kind of replaced mentorship with Google. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even beyond mentorship, literally get a therapist, like literally get a therapist, the amount of men who, and, and I don't, and I don't mean to like dampen the mood, but seriously in the black community, it's an issue for how many men are actually molested or experience sexual violence very early in their childhoods, but they don't have the shame attached to it because other men are encouraging that. Right. I can't tell you how many of my male friends are like, yeah, I lost my virginity when I was like 10 to like a 19 year old. Yeah. That's freaking insane. That's not cool. If, if, if we, that happens to girls all the time. Of course, you know, there's issues with that, how that gets reported, but still like it would be alarming, right? It should set off alarm bells and it should for men too, because they're just as young and innocent as their female counterparts. You know what I mean? It's like when I hear about Boosie paying a prostitute to perform a sex act on his 13 year old, 
did you just pay to have your son molested? Like, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's crazy to me. I would never. I I, I would I just. That's why I want men to seek therapy. I want men who you know talk about oh this girl or that girl has daddy issues. Okay, did you know you could have daddy issues too? <laughs> did you know you could have mommy issues? You could have absent parent issues. You could have grandparent issues. You could have they only fed me chicken nuggets and they knew that I liked broccoli better. It don't matter. Right. Tell a therapist as much as I encourage mentorship, because I think that's important, especially in your social circles, because you need accountability there. You actually have to take the lead role as a leader, you know, as men, as the leaders, (laughs) I can't have more therapy experience than you because you're supposed to be the head and the head got the brain and the brain goes to the therapist, right? So you have to be seeking the help that's going to make you the best man, because if you're not, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Everybody, just like we talked about, is competing on a world scale. Do you know how many? Do you know how many men have houses? How many men have multiple cars? How many men have dual income? Why should I choose you over your best friend? Y'all both got money in the account, right? I'm gonna choose the one who's in therapy. I don't care how cute you are or how tall you are. I'm gonna choose the one that's in therapy. Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna ask you about that. Do is that a requirement of yours that he he has some therapy under his belt as far as a potential candidate? Is that a requirement of yours? I would say so, yes. Although I would also settle for a support system in the mentorship. Okay. And the reason that I would have that caveat, especially for men that I date, is because I know how important it is for me to have a Black woman as my therapist. Mm. And I know that there's simply not enough Black male therapists even in my area or any area I've been in to cater to such a group so I can understand why that's not the case but please keep in mind once we hit that 90 day mark after we get those tests at Planned Parenthood we are going straight down to the psychologist's office okay I need a full mental workup because I need it and, and 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 I love this. This is a great conversation. I think a lot of people, especially in our community, I think a lot of, and it's getting better. Like people are starting to see, we're having this conversation now and you're telling me at 25, you have a therapist. That That's, that's wonderful. Like we need that. Mm-hmm. But do you think people in our community understand that they need therapy? I think a lot of us don't think, or the trauma that we've dealt with we look at it as normal, like, oh, well, you know, I didn't have my dad. That's normal. This happened. That's normal. So a lot of people don't even think they need it because they're like, I'm good. Like a lot of people, especially when people tell me I'm a good person. What is a good person? Is it because you haven't killed nobody that makes you a good person? Right. You know, a lot yeah. of times we take extremes. But anyway, um, I think because we don't think that we had big traumas that, uh, we don't need therapy, you know? I think that, and this is just pure speculation. Mm -hmm. I'm not quoting statistics, but I think that men have been conditioned to define a lot of their personhood like as their masculinity, right? So- I think that's why we have these conversations, which are just frivolous about the alpha and beta male thing, which is so like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm done. That that. just makes me want to take a drink right there, but (laughs) I, I, I'll digress and just say that 
I think that a lot of men feel like their manhood is steeped in their masculinity and masculinity is defined as, you know, a lack of emotion, you know, brute strength, leadership, just, just the term leadership, no qualifications for what that actually means, just the term <laughs> leadership. Right. And, you know, like, you know, who has like the biggest, thing, you know, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so limiting. I don't think that anybody can actually realize their self-worth through that definition. Mm-hmm. But if that's all you've been taught that a man is, you have like some men will just choose to try and embody that as closely and in every way that they can and try and self-actualize through doing that. And I think what therapy for men can do is help them realize the other areas in their life that contribute to their personhood so that they can actually have something to feel proud of other than what they've taught that they're supposed to like do. You know what I mean? You have a lot of men talk about like, oh, like you said, I'm in my career and I have this money, right? And I go to the gym. Gym is not therapy. <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, you know, what are you really passionate about? What would break your heart? What are you most afraid of? Mm. What is something you would be disappointed if you weren't able to accomplish in this lifetime? Mm. Where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to inspire? What do you want people to say about you when you're gone? Because mm-hmm. right now, all they'll be able to say is that he worked at so-and-so associates for 30 years and went to the gym four days a week. <laughs> right. You can't self-actualize like that, right? Like you can't, I, I don't think anybody who limits their identity to be like the gender role or whatever, like that's expected of them is really, really suffering. And I think that's a huge part of the reason why people don't seek therapy is because they know on the other side of therapy is work. That work is going to be uncomfortable because like I said, earliest on, there's going to be disagreement in that belief system, right? I've been through that. You have to unlearn things that you previously accepted as the status quo in order to gain access to things that can actually grow you into the person that you want to be, but you literally have to do therapy to do it. Like Mm. there's no scapegoating it. There's no Mary J. Blige album, YouTube high frequency video, no tarot cards and no sage. That's going to get you there. I promise. I promise. I did all of it. Can you be my (laughs) co-host? I'm down because it's like, I just, and it's like not, I don't cry after every therapy session. Yeah, no, I'm tripping. You know, sometimes we laugh and then sometimes she'll read me for absolute filth, but it's so true. And it's one of those things where, you know, when you get called on your bullshit, just so clearly and abruptly, you're like, I don't even have time to formulate a response because <laughs> you, yeah. you know things that, that you're not even supposed to know. Mm-hmm. But it's so refreshing because it's like, ooh, okay, someone knows something about me. They don't hate me. They haven't fought me. Yeah, she didn't try and stab me. She just heard what I said and asked me how I felt about it. You knew you felt bad about it because you shouldn't be acting like that. But you just couldn't say it to anybody else, or you weren't ready to apologize or take accountability for it because you're not ready to feel that uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's why I say therapy so great because it's like there's it, it really is judgment free. Yeah. All those foul things you want to say about people, you can say them in therapy. You're paying the money. Get it off your chest. Get yeah, because I'm 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 grateful for that, uh, and even with me with uh, learning to uh, journal, uh, meditate, prayer, uh, exercise, 
uh, being honest about myself. And because I, I realized that it took me, and again, it took me a divorce for me to get it, you know, and, and I don't want that for, for people, you know, but I realized that I struggled with being defensive. It was always a, a, a defense mechanism for me mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be honest about myself. And that's an internal job. You know, that's something that you have to be. So now can you be open to uh, constructive criticism or is this coming from a place of love opposed to are you just trying to manipulate or tear me down kind of thing? And that's why it's important that whoever you're with, they have to have the emotional maturity to like everybody can't handle your issues. You know, because. Some people would date and they come out the gate and they would tell you their whole life story. And it's like, that's, that's, that's too much. You're killing me now. You know, we haven't developed that bond yet. Yeah. I I had a dude uh, bring his mother on the first date. What, what was the what was the reasoning for that if you don't mind so me? actually what what happened was i met the, I, I went to college in new orleans i met this guy who worked in a stuck short us like a, a store on bourbon okay. we get to chit chatting we set up a date at a local bar we get there and he's doing the whole checking his account thing right i'm a little bit shorter so I, i'm right at sneak phone level so i'm i'm peering mm-hmm. i'm peeking i'm seeing he ain't got no money in his account right I only got $24, but I'm like, okay, well, if I get a drink, I, I'll buy you one. So I don't want anybody saying that I'm a city girl all the way, only in the summertime, because I do buy men drinks on occasion. So mm-hmm. shout but out to you for, for buying drinks. A charitable. <laughs> That's what's up. Shout out to you. Okay. So I buy him his little drink. We get to talking. Next thing I know, he looks over his shoulder and he's like, oh, that's my mom. And she looked real young. So I was a little thrown and he invites her to the table. Next thing you know, I'm two drinks in because I can't believe this. How is your, (laughs) like, why is your mother here? Yeah. And his mom, I guess, didn't realize we were on a date or thought I was an old friend. I don't know what she thought. So she starts spilling the beans. She done told about how her son is still living with his ex-girlfriend and the new boyfriend she has that she, he, you know, she cheated on him with another dude, moved the dude in, and he's still paying bills for everybody in the house. And that's why he don't have money in his account, because, you know, he's such a giver. <laughs> and then to just add the last little bit of sparkle and really blow my mind, she was like, yeah, we're only 12 years apart. Wait, wait a minute, who 12 years apart? Him and his mother. So when you gonna write the book? When, when is the book coming out? <laughs> can, can we get a Can we get an audible? Can you know? Can you Can you like read your your and book? It's crazy because I got, I got, man, I had like a viral tweet about it. This dude, like after that happened, he um has sent me some flowers to my dorm. And I was like, okay, cute. I put it on Twitter and I was like, oh, look, y'all, you know, this nigga sent me flowers just because I was having a bad day. That's sweet. <laughs> and the men are coming, how, how you gonna call him a nigga? And he's buying you flowers. <laughs> well, he's paying his girlfriend and her new dude's bills. So, I mean, it's kind of just part of his rounds, clearly. Like, <laughs> after he dropped the flowers off from you, he was, he was out somewhere else. Right. I'm like, he's whole cooking and cleaning for her and her man. And his mom only like 38. Like it's a mess. He so yeah. 
that's the last time I done posted gifts from a man on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh-uh. Oh my God, this is great. Okay, yeah, so I had questions, but you know, it's just like we <laughs> we got the talking and, and and I'm I'm yeah, there's so much stuff that I would like to ask. This has been a very <laughs> interesting uh, conversation. Uh, I think we covered everything. I'm looking at these questions and I'm just like, we didn't touch so. on everything. Um, I will, what is, what is your, what would your advice be to men in order for men? Uh, and like you said, I know you talk about therapy. Um, how important are fathers? I would say that nobody gets to choose who their parents are. Mm-hmm. And so we should really work to destigmatize the lives that we had to have as a result of decisions that we didn't have control over. Mm-hmm. So people have issues with their parents. It's completely normal. Mm-hmm. Get the help that you need to participate in this world effectively, despite having those experiences mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah. Both parents are equally important. You can have both parents and have no parents. You know, that happens. That's true. That happened a generation and a half ago back, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so either way, do therapy. Even you two parent householders with dual income who That's you know, true. PG County, y'all need help too. Um, and everybody else in between. Yeah. Just just get therapy. I don't care if your dad left your mom. I don't care if your mom's a hoe. Even better, that makes it more interesting as a grandma, you know? Spice it up. <laughs> yeah, because grandma could be a whole married. She could be, you know, do some little stuff at the house. But anyway. You always go to church. Exactly. I want to hear the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, okay. Yeah, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of therapy and I do believe that uh, we can um, make some changes. I'm just, uh, let, let me, um, before we close, let me just acknowledge you for your honesty, for your transparency, for going to therapy, um, being an advocate of, of, of therapy, um, and your resilience to, to continue to press on in spite of um, having some bad experiences. Because uh, it's easy to put your heart on lockdown and be like, you know what, I'm through with this. Um, but resilience is, is is a trait that I think people have a tendency to overlook um, to keep pressing. So uh, I want to acknowledge you for those things. So because uh, this you, yeah. this episode has been wonderful. It's so much stuff that I even want to ask you. But I said maybe maybe you just bring me back on the show because I'm not done yet. But I know we have stuff to do. And uh, we're limited on time, but um, let everyone know how they can get in touch with you, Ariana. Yes. Well, thank you so much for saying those things and for having me. Um, I'm pretty much on Twitter, mostly at Ari Punzel, A-R-I-P-U-N-Z-E-L-L. <laughs> um, so yeah, feel free to tweet me or reach out there. Um, and as always, I look forward, hopefully you will have me back. So we can really deep dive. I'll share with you all the things about women 
that you're not supposed to know yeah maybe the world will be a better place (laughs) that will be good because you know we kind of jumped on the men but if the men are the head we need to jump on the men first right you know exactly i'm just a submissive woman waiting to be in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant so if my husband is listening to this you know i'll go ahead and get the pot roast ready whatever i don't know i'll figure something out we'll see you you can cook ariana you can cook i can boil water (laughs) all you gotta do is put the rice in afterwards and you gotta yeah you know i i could change a tire though hey that's what's up See, wifey material. Wifey material. She would change the tire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I I I can clean a great bathroom. Can't nobody clean a bathroom like me. Yeah. Hey, what they say, uh cleanliness is next to godliness or something like so, that. So technically it's very angelic. So if my husband <laughs> is listening and angels on the way, but yes, invite me back and thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brave Arts community. Make sure you get in touch with Ariana. As this has been a great segment, I will bring you back. I'm saying this publicly, so uh, the Brave Arts community going to hold me to it in the comment section. I'm sure. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're watching this via YouTube. Share this with a friend. Share this with a man. Share this with your girlfriend. Uh, even if you share it with everybody. I think this video is very needed. And also, if you're listening via podcast, if you're not watching this, make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I will shout you out if you leave a review, um, whether good or bad. So, you know, show you a little love on the podcast. This is Sean Heineman at Is Scared to Marry, wanting you to love fearlessly with special guest. Ariana. Yes. <laughs> Brave Arts community. Take care.